0: Welcome to The Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ.
1: Well, hello, good morning. Welcome to The Austin Gardener and thanks for tuning into KLBJ this morning. I'm Cheryl McLaughlin, as you heard, and we are here to talk about your issues, your gardens, your your plants, your comments, your input—all welcome here. You can call or text eight five one two eight three six zero five ninety, and we also have a toll free line eight seven seven five ninety fifty five twenty five. So again, call or text. 512-836-0590. Well, this is an awesome time of year for planting. Lots of stuff can get planted right now. All your, well, and I heard Jeff talking about that. So true. The trees, tree planting time, excellent time to plant trees. A lot of the nurseries have them. A lot of them are sell, having sales and, and that sort of thing. So definitely, if you've been wanting a tree, now's a great time to plant it. It's just that they need less care this time of year to get established. The roots will grow all winter. So by spring, you have such a good head start on establishing your trees. And of course, other plants too. You can do hardy perennials. The only thing I really don't do uh, this time of year is little bitty old starts of, of stuff that might be vulnerable. You can, however, plant columbine in little four-inch pots this time of year. In fact, you need to because sort of like blue bonnets, columbines grow all winter. Just love it, lushly growing, and then put on such a display in the spring. I like the yellow ones, the big yellow ones, they're the, my favorites. You want to plant them in the shade, like plant them, you know, sort of in the background. Uh, Because once they get done blooming, columbines need to be left alone to go to seed. And that way you'll get a a colony of them started. Um, So they're not, you know, gorgeous after they quit blooming. But the mother plant only lives, you know, like maybe three years or so. So it's, it's imperative that you let them go to seed. And speaking of seeds, you can still plant wildflower seeds. I heard Jeff and them talking about it earlier. Um, Blue bonnets, phlox, Indian paintbrush. Those need to be fall planted. They like to winter over as rosettes. Uh, and all the other stuff that comes in those mixes, like your coreopsis, your Mexican hats, your galardias, your, all those other ones, they'll germinate in the spring. So you can just get individual species uh, and plant them at the respective time. If you put them out now, they'll just lay there until spring to germinate. Uh, the ones that that are warm weather germinators. Problem with that is simply that they can get washed away. They can get eaten by birds and ants and you know anything else that likes to eat seeds. So it's just a thought. You can wait and plant those in the spring if you want to. Do not use corn gluten when you're planting seeds. Uh, that came up on the show as well, and Jeff was quite right in saying you have to wait at least six or eight weeks after you apply corn gluten, which is uh, a substance that prevents seeds from germinating. It's not going to hurt plants that are already up and growing. It's not going to prevent perennials from coming back or anything like that. It's just a seed. You know, it's really just for keeping weed seeds from germinating. So, okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. And, again, uh, long-distance toll-free line is 877-590-5525. So, I was noticing that things, uh, the trees are starting to change color. They are, uh, like I was looking out my upstairs window at my cherry tree. Got a great big old cherry tree, goes all the way up to the top floor. And it is starting, it really suffered in the drought, really suffered. And I was worried about it, you know, like is it gonna, as soon as we got some rain, those leaves plumped back up and now it's starting to turn. And I was looking at the plants on the way in today, uh, and the uh, the trees are starting to get kind of a of a yellowy cast to them. A lot of them are, so this is when the the beauty really starts happening around here. So it's a good time also to look start looking at things for fall color that you want. Things like red oaks, things like uh, the oakleaf hydrangea. Um, things like uh, Chinese pistache, anything that gets fall color, it's good to pick it when it's in color this time of year. And again, it's a great time of year to to, uh, plant pretty much anything. Good hardy perennials can go in right now. All your native shrubs and stuff can go in right now. Um, Again, I just don't like, you know, don't go get a teeny-weeny little 4-inch one. Uh, and put that in because that's just not, It's you know, if we get an early hard freeze, they might go. But if you've just got a good, you know, five-gallon, three-gallon salvia, Texas sage, you know, uh, dwarf yeopon, any of that kind of stuff, you can put those in. Just be sure that you mulch them really well. And if we don't get rain, be sure and give them some water because they need it during the winter. Everything needs it if we're not getting rain, right? Okay, what do you guys want to talk about today? Anything on your mind? Uh, I'm mostly concerned with what's blooming this time of year. My white mist flowers beginning to bloom. I've just got a whole beautiful front yard full of the um, the Plateau Goldeneye Daisies, which are just gorgeous this year. You can see them all along the roadsides. That's what you're seeing, those yellow bush daisies, Plateau Goldeneyes. And they they easily spread from seed. That's how mine all came up from the woods next door. I didn't plant any of them, but now I have a bunch of them, and I just love them. So I would look, look for those. But there's a bunch of other cool stuff that's going to be blooming in the fall, And you may want to, uh, you know, start making yourself a list of what you can, um, you know, plant that will give you some great color. All right, 512-836-0590. Call or text the deer. Yep, it's that time of year that we have to worry about that. I have seen deer running at different times of the day. Dusk is a real, you know, critical time. But when a when a deer's being chased, I saw one on three sixty the other day down near uh, Westlake, middle of the afternoon. I'm driving around. All of a sudden, this deer darts across the highway into the median, and was just frantic. There's a little kind of a fence there. I was glad not to stick around and see what happened to that deer because it was not looking promising for that poor deer uh, which just, you know, it, again, it's the, it's the one thing that you dread this time of year. But they they are in rut. They're not paying attention to traffic. They're single-minded. They're on the hunt, so to speak. <laughs> um, and they will absolutely uh, dart right out in front of you. So, You know, be careful, especially the time of uh, dusk. That's not a great time. And also, uh, again, protect your plants because in rutting season, there's a whole bunch of juvenile deer that are not going to be uh, getting to mate. And they are frustrated and they're, they're like little gangs and they go around and they tear stuff up. Right and left, and this is when you also see them rubbing on the trees and stuff. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and get that first break out of the way. When we come back, we'll be talking about what seeds you can plant right
0: now. That welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ five ninety AM and ninety nine point seven FM.
1: Okay, we are back, and uh, we got a few texts here to talk about, but. If you guys want to call in or text, use the number 512-836-0590. We have a toll-free line, 877-590-5525. Man, I love this weather, right? It's just perfecto. Uh, You know, the rain was so awesome. It really made a difference in the yard. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some more. I haven't really looked at the long range for – oh, it says Thursday. I'm looking at the Weather Channel. Chances, showers, Thursday. So that's not bad. Ooh, it's going to get well, – I guess we're getting a front. It's going to be 59 on Friday. Yay. Okay. Um, help with propagation of the fabulous red, orange, yellow lantana, please. Uh, you can plant the seeds of them. You have to be sure the seeds are ripe, and they turn like black when they're ripe. Uh, so you can just collect the seeds from your shrubs and go ahead and um, plant the seeds where you want the lantana. Very shallow. You know the seeds are around here. They're they don't you don't plant them deeply. You plant them very shallow and just barely cover them. Um, the other way to do uh, propagate the lantana is a little bit more complicated, time consuming, uh, but you would in the spring. Now, lantanas are one of the last things to come out. They wait till it's good and hot. When they do come out and they're putting on new growth, um, what you want to do is wait until that new growth is just starting to harden off, and it'll it'll go from green to having these streaks of brown in it. And that's good cutting material right there. So then you take a cutting uh, of uh, you know six inches or so if you can, and then uh, dip it in rooting powder hormones uh, like Rootone or something like that, and then you can dip it uh, first water, then Rootone, and then stick it in a very loose starter soil. You know, it'll be a real loose something you can buy in a bag. Uh, you strip off all the leaves, but maybe the top two. So uh, that's the cutting method. And you can figure out how to propagate just about anything by uh, getting Jill Noakes' book, How to Grow Native Texas Plants. That'll tell you everything you need to know. But as far as the lantana seeds go, they don't need any pretreatment like some things do. They're good to go. And I would do that because you get a ton of seeds off of each plant. Um, So you'll have plenty to play around with, right? Okay, let's see what's next here. Um, Okay, I have a picture of two wilted uh, pepper plants. They even look like they may have some powdery mildew, but these got too much rain in the storm a week ago. I have since... Then, made sure to move them onto a covered porch to prevent too much rain. How can I make these peppers come back? One is a, um, one is a hatch and the other one is a banana pepper. My paprika is still doing okay. I think they'll come through this, uh, but you can never hurt anything with spraying them with seaweed. That can also help with powdery mildew, which, I mean, again, I can't enlarge these photos. But it looks like if they're not dead, they should go ahead and come back, put, push out some new leaves once they dry out. I hope they do for your sake. But, uh, yeah, they really suffered, right? Some things just cannot deal with too much water. Okay, five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Had a St. Augustine uh, lawn that I struggled with take-all and brown patch from year to year, but I lost the majority of it in the drought this summer, which has left me with a smattering of St. Augustine and Bermuda grass among a lot of uh, exposed dead runners and dirt. Is there something I should do to prep it for the winter, like topping it with peat moss or compost, or just keep it watered through the season and hope for the best come spring? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, what you could also do if you have a lot of bare dirt, you can plant a perennial rye now that will die out when it gets really hot next year um, in the spring. And then you can plant whatever grass you want. Like it depends on whether you want Bermuda or St. Augustine. If it's full sun, the Bermuda will probably take over, but you can also plant seeds of Bermuda once the soil temperatures hit Oh, you know, 76, something like that. And that's usually about the third week of April. Um, So it depends. You can plant St. Augustine sod. Uh, You can, you know, there's a lot you could do. But if you just want to hold it together and buy yourself some time, plant uh, perennial rye. It's not really perennial, but it's a nice rye. um, And it's not expensive. You will have to mow it. during the winter, but it'll make you a nice green lawn and buy you some time. Uh, Let's see here. Is it too late to divide bearded irises? Also, I have another group of iris that needed to be divided several years ago. However, I was unable to get to them. Consequently, they all died out except a few healthy ones that are coming back. Should I dig these up or just leave them alone since they seem to have thinned themselves out? Yes, I would leave them alone. I think it probably is a little too late to divide bearded irises. I wouldn't mind some input on that. Ginger, if you're listening, what do you think? Um, is it too late to divide those irises? We usually talk about doing that Oh, anywhere starting from July, September area. Um But, yeah, the ones that are coming back, yeah, those others have died and they're thinning themselves, so good. Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text, and you can also use the toll-free line, 877-590-5525. Okay, hey, Cheryl, is now okay to lay sod? My backyard is a mess, thanks. Yes, it's a great time to lay sod. In fact, we had another landscaper call in with uh, confirming something that I've said for years as a landscaper. You know, I did this for 40 years. Um, you can plant sod all winter. It's dormant, but the the roots will grow slowly, but they will grow. And it's, uh, again, just like planting trees and stuff, it's easier to establish things when it's not 100, Right. So yes, I would get sod right now, know that it's going to go dormant, but it takes about three weeks for sod to start rooting in, you know, and when you lay down sod, you want to keep it lightly misted, lightly moist, not soaking wet, um, and then at about three weeks in, you should be able to go and tug on the little squares, and they will offer resistance if they've started um, rooting in, which they should. It takes at least three weeks or so. Now, if you had sawed there before, uh, that means there's a layer of clay. And this goes for that other texter that wanted to know what to do with their yard, and I said uh, to either plant seeds next year, do rye, or but sodding is possible. The problem only simply is that. If it was sodded before, there is going to be a layer of clay. And you, you don't want to go right back on top of that clay layer with another layer of clay in your new sod, or you start creating these little perch water levels. And I've had clients uh, more than once where they had re three times but they had people doing it that didn't understand. You have to break up that old sod. Uh, you can even get a sod cutter and, and remove a lot of that stuff. It can always be composted or just hauled off. But you need to get through that back down to, you know, good soft soil. And that's going to help you so much um, getting your new sod established, right? And if, you're, if you're, uh, dirt if your soil – isn't that healthy definitely lay down a, a layer of compost first light layer of compost and sod on top of it or you can put the sod down and then come back on top with a layer of compost too all right let's see here's the next one. Oh, we have dogs will sod gonna be okay oh my god i'm so glad you said that you got to keep the dogs off the sod and kids and traffic and everything else uh, for, for those first at least three weeks or so, which is a problem because dogs will tear it up and it can't take a lot of abuse when you're trying to get it established. So, yeah, that's – I'm glad that you said that because that that's a determining factor. If there's any way to, to – um, ribbon it off, fence it off, temp, something temporary for it to just get established. Uh, that would be that would be really good because I think it's gonna it's gonna make a lot of difference. I mean, you know, spend some money sodding that yard. You let those, and I don't know what's if they're Chihuahuas, it's probably not an issue. But if they're Labs, you know, or Rottweilers, or something like that, uh, then that's gonna be really hard on the the grass so okay let's see if there's another one here uh let's see okay this is just a response to the um yellow the lantana propagation question they say thanks so much it's blooming beautifully right now my fave yeah you cannot beat a native texas lantana and there's some beautiful cultivars too there's some Colors of of them. Um, the only one you you probably want to avoid is the pink and yellow one. The, the we call it confetti because it's a monster. All right, time for the news. We'll be back
0: right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ five ninety AM and ninety nine point seven FM.
1: Okay, we are back, and as you heard, uh, you may join the show by calling or texting 512-836-0590. And we've got a bunch of texts, so let us um, attempt to answer some of these. Okay, here's a, here's a good one. Um, hi, Cheryl. How deep does perennial ryegrass need, a, need to be planted? Very shallow you know it's a you take a clue from the size of your seeds almost all these seeds are little bitty tiny seeds and I'm not talking about bulbs and stuff but um, you know if you just rake the area to rough up the soil good seed soil contact is really important though um, but you can just sprinkle them out there turn the rake over on its back Kind of drag it across the seeds, just barely cover them, um, and that should do it with the perennial rye. Then you get a, a just a soft – a lot of people will just water them in and cover them with soil that way, which means you get one of those nozzles that will just spray a soft spray and just kind of uh, moisten the area. And the soil should wash over the seeds enough for them to be um, – ready to germinate. So a little bit of good seed soil contact and you're good to go. Uh, let's see here. Good morning, Cheryl. I have two mature live oak trees in my city yard. They're maybe 75 years old. I've lived here for 18 years. I've never seen it drop acorns. There's millions of them. I don't want to see little seedlings all over my um Texas lawn. I have some St. Augustine in the shade and those varieties of weeds that keep my lawn green and decent looking when I mow it. But I don't want crunchy live oak babies coming up. Will corn gluten work? I don't think so. I, I really don't think corn gluten is going to help keep acorns uh, from germinating. So you may have to rake or blow them uh, off off the uh, – I know my my property is absolutely covered with them. Um, my decks, everything, they're just covered with acorns. And they're small acorns, of course, because of the drought. They didn't get big. The squirrels are having a field day with them, but there's just more than even the squirrels can collect. So uh, you may try blowing them, as I said, or I mean – you know, sometimes you can get those those vacuums, but uh, most of those acorns are not going to germinate. Um, they again because they need good seed soil contact. So if they fall on a, a well established St. Augustine turf, it's not like they're really getting into the um, you know they they're not able to get really good contact with the soil if they fall on turf. But you might want to um, rake them. it's a a problem. Too bad we can't import squirrels. Uh, Okay, suggestions for shade tolerant evergreen shrubs in front of a porch. Can't grow taller than four feet. Um, Okay, well, immediately I think of dwarf yopon. They're uh, just a bulletproof evergreen um, for shade. They usually won't get over three feet, although they're possibly over many, many years could get a little bit taller than that. Um, we don't have a plethora of of dwarf shade-loving evergreens to choose from. I may think of some more in a little while, but I would consider those. Now, they're pretty, you know, just boring evergreens. They don't really bloom or do anything, Um but they, they'll they work for you for sure. Uh, you could also add in in front of them. It depends on how big the bed is. But you might want to consider adding some perennials for color and stuff just to make it more of an interesting bed. But they will make a really durable evergreen um, plant for you. Foundation plants, what I would have called them. Uh, but listen... Y'all need to also consider – I mean I'm forgetting some things. It's just the shade that will throw you a little bit. Um, even th- even rosemary would probably work, although it doesn't really love the shade. Uh, there's some dwarf nandinas. Uh, I like the nandina nana, but there's several other ones. Those are not invasive species of, nantan- of uh of um, Nandina's, you know, like the standard ones are. Go to the growgreen.org website or pick up one of those, um, you know, books that they give out for free at the Austin Nurseries. A lot of them will have them, beautiful pictures. But you can go to growgreen.org, and there's a really comprehensive list of, of plants that are recommended for our area. And they will uh, say whether they need sun or shade. Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text. And you may also use the toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. I think this may be a record uh, of zero phone calls. Uh, I don't. I can't remember the last time I did a show that went on for almost 45 minutes. Oh, and the phone line just slid up. <laughs> now, you don't have to do pity calls because I got a lot of texts. But I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, okay, here's here's the next test. Nursery just sold me confetti lantana plants. Define monster, please. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, here's the deal with confetti lantana. It is the most aggressive, biggest of the lantanas. It will get gigantic, and it spreads real aggressively through runners or underground, you know, stems, if you will. Um, I have seen the biggest stands of confetti lantana that you have ever you could even imagine i mean big like a wall like a giant wall sized thing they're beautiful but they are the most aggressive plant and if if when they start spreading and they send up those suckers if you mow them that just encourages it so i've i have just in my experience as landscaper have definitely had to um deal with these big confetti hedges before, and it wasn't, it wasn't any fun, let me tell you. Speaking of which, if you have a landscape design needed or a project, uh, go to KevinWoodLandscapes.com and check out the website, go to the contact page, and, you know, see if you need something done. you got to give people lead time, though. It takes a while to turn around a good design. Okay. Something eating, what is this? Something is eating small holes in my spinach. I went out there at night and couldn't see anything on them. If it's flea beetles, do I have to hit the insect directly with spinosad, or can I just put a, what? Can I just put a Bible next to the plants? Oh, ha, <laughs> I just uh, yeah co- direct contact is is important but if you can't figure out what it is I mean I would say that uh, probably um, it might be a little caterpillar if so BT would work uh, but flea beetles aphids and spider mites are are pretty much gonna be your um, you know your main problems there and you can always use a uh, Sort of like a a spray that has citrus oil in it, or something, or the spinosad probably would work. Um, you will know if they're cutworm, loopers, and green worms because you know it'll just it'll they'll be there. You'll be able to see them. So anyway, but those are the main problems. A basic good organic uh, program will help you with with these issues. So. It's always good though folks i mean this is a really good thing to talk about and we'll get back to it after the break so let's go ahead and get that last break out of the way and we'll be back right after this
0: welcome to the austin gardner with cheryl mclaughlin on news radio kobj 590 a.m and 99.7 fm
1: okay we are back and again uh you can join the show by using the number of Uh, to call or text 512-836-0590 or the toll-free line is 877-590-5525. So here's a a follow-up to your answer about planting lantana seeds. How should you plant them in a 3- to 4-inch mulched bed? Oh my God, I'm so glad you asked this because you cannot do that. You're going to have to rake the mulch back. And three to four inches is an excessive amount of mulch. I mean, that's more than I would put down. Uh, I know that people that sell much mulch will tell you to put four to six inches. That's just baloney because you need to be able to get water to the soil. Uh, It's not like Our soil freezes here, but a couple of inches is fine. However, back to the old seed soil contact um, information that we were talking about earlier. You got it when you're planting seeds. They have to make good seed soil contact, right? And they can't get down through three or four inches of mulch. So you can't just throw them on there. What you have to do is pull the mulch back. And plant the seeds. You could for winter because they're probably not going to germinate until next year since we're getting cooler. They might, though. You never know. But uh, what you might want to do is pull the mulch back. I don't know what else you have in that bed. I mean, obviously, if you have other plants in there, you can leave the mulch around them. I'd probably do a little less of it, but that's just me. Uh, And then when your lantanas come up, um, you can then put the mulch back around them. So that's probably what I would do. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text. I have an American beautyberry. Can I plant the seeds to grow more? Yeah, of course. Now, when you get a seed that has a pulp around it like a beautyberry, these are going to be seeds that are delicious to birds, right? Um, typically, these need to go through the you know digestive system, if you will, of the animal eating them so that they come out the other end, all pre-treated and ready for rapid germination. So if you if you have a seed that's a, like a beautyberry that's a nice purple, Uh, berry you can plant it and you'll get tons of them so you can play around with this Um, but typically they might need a little longer to germinate they may have to weather out um, over winter in the soil that sort of thing until that layer uh, wears away I know when I used to grow um, plants because I had a plant nursery for a long time I would collect things like say Turk's cap, and Turk's cap has that little red apple-looking fruit on it. Um, This one doesn't need to be pre-treated. However, you you really want to get the pulp off of there. So I used to put them out on a cookie sheet, and the ants would come and eat all the pulp away and just leave me with the seeds. It was perfect. (laughs) Good cooperation. But you can also run them over a screen, something like that, to get the pulp off and that might help you um, get them established a little bit. Uh, let's see here. And again, I'd like to recommend Jill Noakes' book, and she's not paying me to say this, but it's the ultimate book on propagating native Texas plants. It's, it's How to Grow Native Texas Plants by Jill Noakes, N-O-K-E-S. It may be available online. Um, you, you might just be able to Google propagating blah, blah, whatever and it'll probably come up. Okay, thanks for the info on confetti lantana. I think I will dig up these newly planted ones and move them somewhere else besides along my driveway. Are the purple ones manageable? Thank you. Uh, Yes, but that's another really good question because the purple ones uh, are also spreading by... um, Rhizomes or whatever you want to call them, stolons, they, they spread by runners basically. The, the white one does also. These are the low, kind of lower-growing purple lantana. Uh, as opposed to the new gold lantana, which a lot of us have, that comes out from a central core and arcs out, right? It's technically an arcing plant. Um, Whereas the purple lantana will spread and it can be aggressive, um, but it's also possible to keep it under control. I'm really glad you asked that about the confetti lantana because um, along a driveway would be like the worst place in the world I can imagine it. This is a plant for like, you know, the back edge of your property somewhere where it can get fairly good size. Now, lantana does love to be pruned. So it's not like you can't, you know, cut down the size a little bit. However, um, it will also – that can stimulate more root growth. So if you have a big property, then that's not a bad plant necessarily. It's a beautiful plant, the confetti lantana. That's the pink and yellow one again that we're talking about. So, okay. I think it's all the text that I have. So – Let me just tell you a few things that you can direct seed right now for you vegetable gardeners. You can seed carrots, mustard, onion, spinach, and turnip. These are all uh, based on the information from my Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening Guide. However, also, never hesitate to go to your AgriLife website for your county Uh, to get the best planting advice for your specific area because things change, you know, and the soils are different from county to county here in central Texas. Any place that can hear me, you might have completely opposite soil from me because I'm sitting up here on a rock, and a lot of y'all may have clay. You may have other issues, different, you know, real sandy soil, stuff like that. And what you want to do is rely on the experts from your county. So you just go to AgriLife, A-G-R-I, Life, whatever county you're in, Bell County, Bastrop County, you name it. And then that will have all the information and cultivars also because it does – it matters like where you are, what kind of peach tree you're going to buy, um, that sort of thing. So they the the really experienced – master gardeners that participate in those sites and give the information. They're the ones that have grown these plants successfully. They know what works in their area. So if you have questions, and there'll be every kind of, of information you might want about gardening and landscaping and all kind of stuff. You know, if you want to do a pecan orchard, that'll be on there because this is a and Extension Service websites. Uh, again, watch out for the deer. I want to tell you about my friends that live in Lakeway. I don't know if I mentioned this last time. But she p- posted a photo of it on Facebook. So they're in their house, and they hear this g- ginormous banging sound. Bang, bang, bang. Their dogs go crazy. And it takes them a few minutes to find it. But what has happened is on the side of their house where their air conditioners are, these two bucks had were – Fighting, they had locked up horns, uh, and they were banging into their um, air conditioning system. Their big, the big ones, you know, that sit on those slabs. Those deer were so strong that they moved that unit almost completely off that pad, and they got their horns up in the—I don't know whether it was the tips of them or what—but they. The top where the wiry-looking thing is, they mangled that all up, too. And the only way that they could stop this was they, (laughs) it happened to be under one of their windows. And they opened the window and started pouring cold water on them. And it took a couple of big, you know, pitchers of cold water before those deer finally separated. But they – you don't want to mess with these things. I mean, they are – they're strong and they're full of, you know – full of vim and vigor this time of year. So that's why you want to be careful with them. And be careful with your little dogs around them too. You just do not want to mess with bucks and rut because they're much stronger than they look. All right, KevinWoodLandscapes.com. Check them out. It's beautiful pictures. Good work done there. Thank you, guys.